Alright, this video is about my man Brown Bay, man, from D.C. It's about my man Brown Bay from D.C. You know, everybody was asking me for a minute to tell about Brown Bay from uh, D.C. And I'm getting ready to get a, the Little Jimmy Part 3 real soon. Alright, I just like to ride the way I want to ride, man. This one's about Brown Bay from D.C., man. We had, uh, they had a homie named Brown Bay from D.C. Brown Bay, a little short, stocky dude, Carmel Complexion, and had waves. And, you know, he he was old school D.C. Remember, we talking about this is 1993, 1994. You know what I mean? So we had that real D.C. tough guy gangster persona. You know what I mean? That's no disrespect to him. Let's let you know what it is because... You know, D.C. dudes, you know, back in the day, a lot of them people don't really understand D.C. dudes. That's why they look at it that way. They aggressive. You know what I mean? Brown Bay was aggressive. When Brown Bay talked to you, he get right up in your face. And, you know, just to give you an example, you know, I'm from New York. So, you know, New York, we do a lot of what we call New York hand checking. Like, yo, you know what I mean, son? Yo, yo, check it out. Check it out. And we tapping each other while we talking. And Brown Bay used to always... You know, smack my hand away like real hard, like you know what I mean? Like, man, stop touching me, man. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to explain to him, yo, that's how New York is, man. He's like, man, but we don't do that down in, in DC, man. We don't do that in the district. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, but that's how we talk in New York. And he ain't trying here. We used to go back and forth with that, you know. But Brown Bay used to walk around, and you know, he like I said, he he had a straight tough guy persona. When Brown Bay walked, he walked with his shoulders. You know what I mean? That's how Brown Bay look. And he's always serious and he always got that look on his face like, you know, like, like he just pissed and he ready to go off, you know? A lot of people didn't like him. A lot of people didn't understand him. But I like the brother, you know? I really like the brother because he spoke his mind and he was aggressive, you know? Everybody said I was wild on the street and this and that because, you know, I was aggressive. But, you know, that, that you know... And that, that, that's growing up in Brooklyn that made me that way. You know what I mean? Give Brooklyn they props. Give Brooklyn they props. Give Brooklyn they props. You know? So, because, you know, in, in Brooklyn, that's the way it was. I mean, back in the day, you know, like I said, I'm riding. Back in the day in Brooklyn, you would roll up on somebody on the street. Like, you roll up on the block where all the homies at. And the dude would just be like, come on, nigga, it's 52. You know what I mean? And... You know, and, and, you know, and dudes dancing and spinning around and, you know what I mean? And, you know, always using their hands. That's that's Brooklyn. You understand? Back in the day, y'all remember the 52. You know what I mean? That's like, you know, you ask somebody, yo, you, you know, you you want to play 52 pickup? You know, you in, you go to jail for the first time. Somebody asks you, you want to play uh, uh, 52 pickup? The first thing you say is, uh, <laughs> you know, the first thing you say is, uh, yo, bet. Because, you know, you figure it's a card game. You're going to say, I ain't going to teach you how to play a card game. And that dude would take the 52 cards and blah, throw them all up in the air. And now you got to pick them all up. That 52 pick up. You know what I mean? That's like a big disc, you know? But yeah, let's go back to Brown Bay. So now we in the joint. And Brown Bay was a fly dude, you know? Because back then we was able to get, 
you know, like change sneakers on a visit. Because, you know, you go on a visit because you was able to wear your sneakers on a visit back then. So you go on a visit and you wear your sneakers and your family come up or your homie come up and they wear a pair, you know, nice sneakers, you know, a pair of Jordans or something. Yeah, they had Jordans out then. <laughs> For you youngins think that they just came out in uh, 2015, you know what I mean, or 2010. But, you know, you go out there, you get your little Jordans brought in. Brown Bay kept his Jordans real fly, you know. So I go out there and I came in in a pair uh, 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 Jordans one day and Brown Bay really liked them so Brown Bay said yo what size are them sneakers son you know what I mean so I hooked off on him and threw a jab and backed up playing Bang! you know what I mean so he like yo what's that about and I said dude in New York when you ask a dude what size of sneakers that means you ready to take the sneakers and you know next thing you gonna ask a dude is if they fighting size you know what I mean mean if they willing to fight for them y'all remember that so pay attention to these Jews cause some of you youngest might not have heard that one before when a dude asks you what size your sneakers is and you go to Rikers Island back in the day, you know, you had to be ready to fight. So you had to hook off right there. You know what I mean? Let them know straight up. The response to what size is your sneakers is they fighting size. You know what I mean? Gunshots. You know what I mean? Got to let them know you're willing to fight for your sneakers. Because if you don't fight for yours, you will be taken. And before you know it, they taking something else that you ain't trying to give and you ain't into you know what I mean? So you got to let a nigga know that, you know, you willing to fight for whatever it is that's going on. But anyway, so me and Brown Bay up in the joint. And Brown Bay was on the second floor. The second floor was all D.C. dudes, you know? And then the third floor was all old timers. Because remember, we talking about 94. You know, they were bringing a lot of D.C. dudes, a lot of dudes from New York, things like that. So the New York dudes was across the uh, hall in J Block. Like J Block, uh, uh, I Block, you know what I mean? And E Block, you know what I mean? And then, of course, you already know down on the Mab side in Lewisburg, you got, uh, what, what's that? You, you, you got uh, uh, B Block and D Block. That was the most aggressive block. They called D Block Dog Block, you know? So that's how it was. So me and Brown Bay, we on the other side. They call it the sand side. Those are the people that didn't really have violence on their jacket. So being that I just came in with a kingpin charge and they didn't catch me for no uh, uh, murders or nothing like that. They had me down on that size, and I run into this brother, Brown Bay, real aggressive dude, but I liked him a lot. A lot of people were scared to death of Brown Bay, because Brown Bay, the type dude, roll up on a dude, roll right up in his cell while he's sitting over his locker and be like, yo, you got a mackerel. <laughs> you know what I mean? And him asking if you got a mackerel is him really telling you, give me a mackerel. You know? So, you know, that's how Brown Bay was. But like I said, a lot of people didn't like him. But I, I, I come to really have a lot of, you know, love and respect for Brown Bay, especially after this incident. When I got into it with the police, I'm going to tell you all about the riot in detail. If y'all want to know about that riot in Lewisburg back in the day, I'm going to give you that in detail. But I'm going to give you a synopsis on, you know, how Brown Bay, you know, became my brother. After the riot, they took us, they beat us up, handcuffed us with flexi, flexi cuffs and shackles and took us down the basement and left us down there for like 18 hours. Now, we down there for 18 hours. And while we down there... um. Every hour they came through, about every 30 minutes they came through and they just beat us. They had this one big cop named Rambo. I told you about my man Big B that punished Rambo. Rambo was a big old lumberjack cop, about 350, 380 pounds. And they used to wear, you know, a gray dickies and he had red suspenders that go with it. And back then the police was allowed to have batons in the prison. Now they ain't got no batons in the prison. But, you know, they got the flashlight that they use as a baton, but they actually had batons like a police baton in the prison. But this dude, Rambo, he had an axe handle. 
You know what I mean? Rambo was so vicious. You understand? Let you know how he was. Rambo held me down on the ground because they kept coming. Every time they asked somebody, you know, who's in charge? Who orchestrated this? You know, my name came up. They kept saying unique, unique, unique. But I just came into prison. I ain't even there a year yet. So, you know, none of the administration know who unique is, you know? So they run around asking, well, who's unique? Is he back in the unit? You know what I mean? And they had one of the Jamaican homeboys. Right? Y'all won't know about Jamaicans. Let me tell you how my man did me. No disrespect to the Jamaicans, guy. You know, send me out Jamaican, but me, I keep it 100. Well, one of the Jamaican homeboys there next to me, right? So we're on the ground. I'm handcuffed behind my back and flexi cuff. And the police used to come through and kick us in the face while we down there on the ground. And they had us down in two rows, you know? So they had us laying down on our stomach, you know, going this way. And then right across from us, they had other men on their stomach with their head facing us, but it was only a little walkway like this in between. So when they came walking in between, you know, like some dudes was taller than others, so some might be this, the walkway might be this big at some spots, and some spots it might be a little bit bigger. So when they come through the little tight spots, they'll kick us in the face. You know what I mean? Just to let you know, so you youngins understand how this is. I'm keeping it 100. These police used to walk through this little... You know, like I said, it, it, it's like 50 inmates on this side, 50 inmates on that side, and our heads is meeting in the middle, and this is the walkway for them to walk through. Police used to walk through, and, you know, if there wasn't enough room or if they felt like it, they'll just kick us dead in the face, boop, and just keep walking, you know? And then when they kick you and you try to roll over to get away or might try and curl up in a fetal position, you know what I mean? Now they'll come and they'll start beating you with a baton and tell you, didn't I tell you to lay flat on your stomach? You understand what I'm saying? So they want you to lay flat on your stomach, handcuffed behind you, so your chest and face and everything in the ground. Then they tell you, want you to keep your head face forward. So now you got your nose and your mouth on this filthy ground in this penitentiary. And if you move, they kicking you and beating you. So this went on, you know what I mean, for 18 hours. You know, that's how I won the lawsuit. You know what I mean? A lawyer read about it, you know, that was working with the Lewisburg Prison Project, and they sued them for excessive force. You know, so now that was Rambo. So they got us down there. They beating us to death. So what they'll do is they'll say, well, who's unique? And if somebody say, oh, he he and I block. He and I block. Oh, that's the block it started in. So they'd be like, all right, boom, come on, get him. Take him upstairs to medical. So whoever told your reward to get out of getting beaten and kicked, you know, for this 18 hours was to go upstairs to the medical and then get put in a cell and cleaned up. But if you didn't tell what they was asking, you know what I mean? They'll continuously beat you. And the numbers whittled down and whittled down and whittled down. So now it's about maybe 20, about maybe 40 of us on the ground. You know what I mean? It's about 40 of us on the ground. It started off with about 100, 110. So now they asked, who's unique? You know? And then they had a chaplain. You know what I mean? Let me show you how this is, man. How dirty this is. They had a chaplain then. You know, I'm even going to tell you his name. Yeah, they had a chaplain there. Hey, I ain't going to tell you his name, you know. But Johnson, that was his name. He was a clown. His name was Johnson. You know what I mean? Johnson, he was real light-skinned, and he had a bald spot, you know, one of those, like, George Jefferson bald spots. He was a little frail dude, but he was the, he was the, the, the chaplain there. Old Johnson used to come by and, 
He'll say, it's oh, real soft spoken. Is your cuff too tight? Is your cuff too tight? How are you doing? Uh, okay, are you okay? Could you breathe? And he'll be like, nah, my, the cuffs is tight on my wrist. And he'll grab you by your wrist and he'll, you know, pick you up by your wrist. So when he picked you up by your wrist, it was flexi cuffs. So when he picked you up by the wrist, they joints tightened up more and more. You know what I mean? Look at my wrist. You see these black marks on my wrist? You see all this? Look at this. You see these black marks on my wrist? Where's that? Right here. You see these black marks? You know what I mean? Look at my wrist. You know, you see these marks on my wrist? Look, you know, all that came, you know, um, over by the thumb. Yeah, all that came, you know what I mean? Where you see it all dark around my wrist? You know, all that came from the handcuffs. See that? That's the flexi cuffs from Lewisburg. So if you youngest want a reminder of your penitentiary stay, you keep it up. See how black that is? That handcuffs was on me for 18 hours to the cut off the circulation where I felt like I was going to pass out, man. You know what I mean? And they kept asking who's unique, you know? So then my brother in Jamaica, I'm ready next to me. So I did that. And then start beating him. You know what I mean? Because he used to, you know, work in the kitchen. So they knew that, you know, they knew him. So they really wanted to get him out of there. So they said, who's unique? So this one cop that didn't like him, because I guess he didn't like Jamaican food. Because <laughs> dude used to cook Jamaican food. They used to love it. But this one cop must have liked Jamaican food. So he came down there and he said, who's unique? You know? And he see my man laying on the ground. And he went bust him in the head. Boop. So now when he hit him in the head, you know, he screamed out, ah! You know what I mean? So he hit him and he said, who's unique? He said, oh, boom, he bust him in the head. He said, you heard what I said, who's unique? Because he know he know everybody. So he hit him in the head for the third time. You know what that man said? See him that? Him right there, so I am not. But tell him not to do that, but him just won't listen to nobody. The boy crazy. Him just come out for the street. And him a, him a crazy man. I am there. I am there, so I looked at this nigga and I said, what? You know? So now, they sat there, and my man started yelling. You know, he was sitting there, and this is how they knew to pick on him, you know, to find out who I was. As they beating him, you know, he's saying, Oh, Granny, please help me, Granny. They might kill me and the people in prison. Granny, because the grandmother dead. So he's talking to his dead grandmother while he on the ground. He's like, Oh, Grandma, please help me, Granny. Granny, they might kill me now, this blood cloud. Please, Granny, help me. So they said, Oh, you want your Granny for help you? Boom, bust him in the head. Who'd you need? Where you need that? You know, I asked for them, say, see him there and write this up. So they grabbed him, took him upstairs. They came over there to me, man. Listen to what these people did to me, man. Like I said, I tell true stories, man. We all take an L, man. So don't say nothing if I tell a story in your car, take an L, because I don't took L's. Like I said, I don't told you about getting hit in the face with a lock. Boom. And always got to give a shout out. Got to give a shout out. Got to give a shout out. Got to give a shout out to the man that busted me in the face with a lock. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now to give you another one, right? Where he separated my nose from my lip. Like I said, when I sweat, you still see it pile up right in between where the crack is where I got the stitches. You know what I mean? That was one of my L's, you know? But now these police, here go another L. Now these police, big Rambo came over there. You know, Rambo came over and said, you know what? I don't like Jamaicans, you know? So he came with his big, fat, funky 200, 350 to 80 pound himself and he stood over me and he took his heels and he planted his heels along my forehead. You know what I mean? Wrote, listen, wrote me over on my back. Mind you, I told you we were supposed to be on our stomach. But now they wrote me over to identify me so they could go get the prison card to see who my, what my name is and who I am. 
So he got his heels stuck up against my neck and I'm laying down with my hands handcuffed behind my back. And this man took his legs and put it right up against my face. And he took this ax handle and he jammed me in my mouth with this ax handle. Boop! You know, because I had four gold teeth. They didn't like us with gold teeth because they knew we was New Yorkers. Man, knocked out my four front teeth with one whop with that ax handle. Man, I, yo, I swear to God. I swallowed them joints. <laughs> he hit me so hard, baby, with that axe handle. You know what I mean? My full front, you boom. And I'm like, oh, I done swallowed all them joints. So I'm laying down, and he just uh, beat me in the face with the lock. Then he turned around, and I'm sitting there. The whole time he beat me, I'm looking at him, and I got my mouth closed trying to protect the rest of my teeth in my mouth, right? And I'm looking up at this dude, and I'm like, and he like, boom, boom. And he said, oh, you don't feel that, huh? So now guess what this man did? You ain't even going to believe this, man. This is a whole nother joint. That man turned around, you know, facing my feet this time, you know, and he held my waist still, you know, and took that axe handle and bust me between my legs and my nuts. Yo, my joint swole up this big instantly. And I'm laying on the floor. So if you youngest want to go through this, man, if you don't think that I'm qualified to tell you these stories or you think you can tell me how to ride after I've been through all this, no disrespect. You need to go to a channel for dudes that just make up for Gazy story. But that man hit me. My joints swole up like a grapefruit. You know what I mean? I'm going to get back to my man Brown Bay in a minute. Let's just ride. So now I get to ADX. This is what happened. When I get to ADX, I can't even walk. So because my joints is this big. So I'm walking like I'm bow-legged, you know what I mean? So as I'm walking, I, I'm, I'm handcuffed and, you know, and shackled now with the black box. Y'all been wanting to know what the black box is. I'm trying to, I'm going to get a picture of the black box so I can put it up in the corner of the screen. Then I'm going to give you the story and the history behind the black box. But I got the black box where my hands can't move, you know what I mean? And that's where these other marks come from on the inside of my wrist from the black box so my hands couldn't move. And I'm trying to walk with my nuts smoking like a grapefruit and they kicking me in my back and grabbing me by the chain and saying move up faster nigga you know what I mean this is how they treat me so when I get to ADX I'm gonna get back to Lewisburg in that basement I like to ride and take you different places so pay attention we get I get to ADX when I get to ADX you know now they gotta give me medical attention you know what I mean but this is two months later and my joints don't went even bigger they like a watermelon now you know, so now I get up to ADX. So when I get to ADX, they take me down there to go see the doctor. But by this time, a lawyer picked up the case and filed a lawsuit. So they was checking up on each one of us wherever they sent us. Because they sent a lot of people to Marion um, and a lot of people to Terry Hunt and started what they call a pilot program. I got to tell you all about the pilot program, too. You know what I mean? If y'all want to know about the pilot program that they started behind the riot that they allegedly said that I started when I hit the two police in Lewisburg, this is what happened. Right. So I get up in that joint, the lawyer checking on him. So the lawyer called me down there to the lawyer, um, to the legal call. And I talked to him on the thing and he said, oh, you're right. How they treating you over there? I said, man, my nuts are so goddamn big. I can't sleep at night. He said, what? So he called the medical. He told the medical about my nuts. So they come up there. Now, check this out. Right. This ain't some crazy stuff right here. Gunshots. You know what I mean? Gunshots. You know, definitely gunshots. Now. They take me up to the medical. And they lay me down and they trying to figure out what to do. So they said, OK, well, let's just cut his testicles and we'll squeeze out the information by cutting his testicles. This is what they did to me. You know what I mean? 
This is what they did to me. They done talk about they're going to cut my testicles so they can squeeze out the information out my testicles. I said, oh, no, you ain't cutting nothing because I'm going home one day. I'm going to need these nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to need these nuts. I'm like, nah. You know, I just wait for them to go down. Y'all are the, y'all, this, this been about three months now anyway. So I done learned to, to bear with and live with the pain. And all they gave me, you know, for the pain, you know, what they give everybody in the prison? Tylenol. You know what I mean? Tylenol. Right. So check it out. So now they done sold my joints up. They got me in the joints. So I tell the doctor, yo, they talking about cutting my joints and squeezing out information and all this crap. I said, man, I'm good, man. I said, matter of fact, take me off that lawsuit. You can't do nothing to help me. You know? He said, oh, no, we're not going for that. So he did something and they called up there. Then they bring me back up to the medical a week later. My joint's still swollen. I get up to the medical and they lay me down on a cot. You know what I mean? And they, you know, they, they, they eased the back up and they took my feet, put it under some pillows. And here come this little Chinese lady. She was gorgeous. She ain't had no breasts and, 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 and no ass and nothing. But she was a real cute little young girl. You know what I mean? Beautiful little young girl. She couldn't have been more than four foot ten, four foot eleven. Hands, you know, was about the size of half my fingers. You know what I mean? Like the size of the top of my finger. This is how big a whole hand is, you know? But they bring her up in there. And when they bring this little Chinese lady up in there, you know what I mean? Let me say Asian so y'all don't think I'm being disrespectful because, you know, I got to tell you all the story about Chinese Jimmy 3. I'm going to get out the pictures so I can show you me with all the Chinese, you know, homies so you know that my stories is official, even though y'all already know. But anyway, so they bring this little uh, Chinese lady up in the joint. And they got me on the joint and, you know, they take my pants off. And I'm sitting there laying down with these big-ass watermelon nuts on the bed. You know what I mean? And this lady came over there, and she gently took her little hands and put it up under my testicles and slowly massaged my testicles. You know what I mean? And was trying to see if the information was going to come through my pee hole. You know what I mean? And that didn't work. You know? So now, boss, what they do? The head doctor come in and said, no, nah, it's not going to come out willingly, so he's going to have to, you know, um, ejaculate to get it out. You understand what I'm saying? So me, I'm laying down. Her little hands felt nice on my joints, so gently holding my, my testicles. You know, I've already been down two years at the time. You know what I mean? Because I was there about a year. I was down. I got locked up in, 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 in December 93, and this is like January 2000, uh, uh, this January 1995. So I'm about two years now. So I, I ain't been with a female. I had a female touch me in two years other than a visit, hug, kiss, or whatever. So she gently holding my joint. He coming now. See, so he got to ejaculate. You know? So what they do is they put on, a lot of you old timers know, they put on a, Vanilla, a Vanessa Del Rio porno tape and a Purple Passion porno tape on a little TV. And they had me watching this joint while this lady gently held my testicles in her hand. You understand? And she's slowly twisting. This is not to be perverted or anything. I'm just telling you what I went through. So excuse me if it sounds a little, you know, perverted or whatever. But this is what how they had to cure my joints getting swore like a watermelon. So she gently turning the head while I'm looking at this tape. And now, you know, of course, my manhood stand up. And next thing you know, I start ejaculating. And when I start ejaculating, it felt like a hundred needles a hundred needles in the tip of my joint. And I'm like, ah! 
for about 10 minutes. And while I'm doing that, all this inflammation is coming out the tip of my joint, man. If you youngest want to go through that, because the people do what they want to do to you in there. Like my man Ted throws that say, uh, said, man, they tell you bend over, spread them all that disrespectful crap. So if that's what you want, you go ahead. That's the first time I ejaculated and hated it. I screamed for about 10 minutes. And then when it was done, you know, they sat there and they talk and they take the, the information and they go run tests on it and this and that because my lawyer tell them to make sure I'm not sterile because if they sterile, they're going to sue them for my future kids. They would have had because it's a lawyer on the case. And he tell them all this stuff, so they scared to death. So they come back and they said, okay, you want to try again? I said, hell no, I won't try that again. You know what I mean? I'm in prison. Don't even want a woman to, 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 to masturbate me. Nah, you got me screwed up. Take me back to my cage. So they took me back to the cell and they called me back down to the lawyer office again. The lawyer told me on the phone, he said, look, man, they sent the, 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 you know, the information with the semen to a doctor out here and they checked it. And, you know, you're not sterile, so you're good on that. But to make sure you don't get sterile, you have to get the information out, and that's the only way to get it out. Man, for 30 days, once a day, they took me down there with the pretty little Chinese girl that I would love to be with under other circumstances and took me through the same process. Every time I came, it, I mean, like my joint was on fire. You know what I mean? But this is what I had to go through. You know what I mean? Now we riding. Let's get back to Lewisburg. So now we're in Lewisburg. They got us down there. Remember I told you Rambo. See if I go right back to where we was at. Just let me ride. Rambo sitting there. Bust me in my joint. You know, with the joint. So now they took everybody up except for six of us that they said was the main, you know, culprits. And they sending us to ADX. So we all still down there. And then Washington, D.C. come to find out what was the problem. Why the system broke down that we decided to jump on the police. You know, but what it was is, if y'all don't understand, I didn't mention it. They had what they call the uh, 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 the 101 crack ratio vote in um, Congress and the Senate. And with that, that would have sent a lot of brothers home because that's where, you know, if you get caught, you know, with, with, with if you get caught, you know, if you get caught with this much crack, you know, what I mean, I'm talking about just the tip of this. If you get caught with the tip of this, with just this much crack, you're looking at, you know, Tender life. You understand? But you got to get caught with, you know, this much powder cocaine to even get the same time. And they were sending the white guys to the state court, but they were sending us black guys, you know, they were sending us black guys uh, to federal court so they could give us these draconian sentences. And, you know, that's how we all wound up getting 30, 40 years, 50 years. So that wasn't going to help me anyway because I had you know, 255 kilos of crack cocaine they charged me with and anything over five kilos of crack was automatically life. And I got 250 kilos over the limit. So that law ratio vote wasn't going to help me. But I was so militant at the time that I'm fighting for the ones that it would help. Because that's when Janet Reno said to lock down the whole penitentiaries, every prison in America, she ordered to lock down because Greenville set it off first. Big shout out to Greenville. Big shout out to Greenville. You know what I mean? And Talladega. Greenville and Talladega were the first two joints that, you know, they had a riot, and those was FCIs. So being that, you know, the FCI jumped off, they were scared to death. We, we going off because they know we ain't got nothing to lose. 
you know. So a lot of brothers didn't get involved in it. But, you know what I mean? I'm going to keep it 100. I already did a time for They already charged me, did all that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, we put our work in in Lewisburg. But it wasn't for that. You know what I mean? They came in to try and take one of my homies out that we wasn't having a good dude out of Ohio. Big shout out to Ohio, man. Big shout out to Ohio. Big shout out. It took one of my homies out from Ohio, and we wasn't having it, so we went to war with them, you know. So they called it the crack law riot. But, you know, we, so you understand, you got brothers that will fight for you, that fought before you, just like Martin Luther King. And I'm not comparing us to Martin Luther King, so trolls, stop it. You know what I mean? Gunshots to the trolls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Definitely gunshots to the trolls. All right. Now, but you know how Martin Luther King, they... They fought for our rights to vote. You know what I mean? But well, we was fighting for the conditions to survive. That's where Huey P. Newton and James Carr and, you know what I mean, brothers like that come in, Matula Chakor. I mean, everybody fought for the rights. You understand what I'm saying? They fought for the rights of others. You know what I mean? But it ain't like that no more. Right now, everybody just tell them worry about themselves. They don't worry about the conditions of the men coming behind them. You know? But anyway, so let's go back. So now we're in there in Washington, D.C. coming. They want to know why the system broke down. So while they waiting to find out, uh, talking to people, trying to find out why the system broke down, they talking all nice in administration, telling Washington, oh, everything's under control. We got everybody subdued. We gave them medical, medical detention. We fed them. You know what I mean? We washed them. Everything is good. Like, we animals. They washed us. They said they washed us. You understand what I'm saying? Because they know they had us down on the ground. Look. Lewisburg, right? If you ever been to Lewisburg, when you go down towards the laundry, they had us in the hallway by the laundry, and the joint go down in the hill like this. And they had us all lined up, and being that, you know, I was one of the first ones they took out. I was at the front of the hill down bottom. You know what I mean? And I'm just keeping it 100 so you see how disgusting this is, so that these youngins don't think there was nothing sweet about my bed. When dudes was throwing up, and then dudes threw up, defecated on themselves, and dudes even urinated on themselves. Listen, that joint ran down that hill to me and my homies that they took out first. And we sitting there laying down, face down, in feces, throw up. You understand what I'm saying? And urine for 18 hours, man. And they told him they washed us and took us up and did all this. My man Brown Bay, remember this about Brown Bay. Like I said, pay attention, let me ride. So my man Brown Bay, you know, heard them talking. He said, hold up. Nah. What about the homie unique in them y'all got in the basement? You know? And they like, nah, ain't nobody in the basement. Like, nah, you lying. Everybody else went over the H block, got medical attention. You still got unique in them, you know, mowing them out of the basement. And Brown Bay went off. He said, you stinking mother. You treating our brothers like that. that, that, that. This is my DC homie now. Remember, this is an old tough guy that nobody liked. But me and him got along. He used to always check me for hand checking when we talking. Yo, babe, check it out, son. You know what I mean? Yo, son. You know what I mean? And he never liked it that. But Brown Bay stood up for me like a champ, man. I remember he told me he got a father named Big Brown Bay that was in Lawton at the time. This is 94. But Brown Bay stood up and cussed out that Washington, D.C., cussed out the administration so bad, and the administration lying to Washington's face that there's nobody in the basement when we still down there. So Brown Bay said, nah, man, y'all fake it, man. Get up out of here with this fake stuff. Y'all doing this to make it look good. Go back, tell the news you came and did this and that. And Brown Bay single-handedly went off on these people. So then Washington finally said, okay, young man, come on, show us where they at. Because they swearing up and down there wasn't nobody there. 
and they don't show them where they wanted to show them in the prison. Brown Bay took them right down there to us, man. We down there laying down, man. I got feces and urine and throw up and all that all over my face from falling asleep in it. You know what I mean? I mean, I walked with it. Listen, when Brown Bay come down there, man, and them people see it, they said, oh my God. So they panic because they know they got a vicious lawsuit on their hands now. They're like, oh my God, what did y'all do? And they're like, oh, we, 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 we forgot they was here. See, you forgot human beings was down here for 18 hours? And Brown Bay said, see, that's how I'm thinking, mother, da, 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 da. and Brown Bay going off on them. So they said, oh, we're so sorry. So they take us up there to medical, and I couldn't even walk. You know what I mean? They went to bring a stretcher to take me up, and I said, nah, I walk down here, I'm walking back up. Because they saw my joint this big laying on the ground, and I said, nah, I'm not getting on nobody's stretcher. You know what I mean? So I got up and I struggled to walk with my joints. I mean, my legs way out here like this. This is how my legs was trying to walk. But they helped me over there to the medical. And when they did that, you understand what I'm saying? Try, listen, listen, listen. Try, try walking like that. You understand what I'm saying? You know, with your ankles tied together with flexi cuffs. And my legs was cocked out like this trying to let my nuts breathe. This is how I spent 1994. This is how I spent the end of 1994. And a matter of fact, you know when this was? Because, you know, I just tell my stories right off the head from memory. This was October 27, 1994. And at that time in American history, to show you how we all are part of that, in American history at the same time when O.J. Simpson beat the, what they call that, when O.J. Simpson beat the trial, you know what I mean? And and they started the riots and all that. You know what I mean? All this in 94, check your history. Like I said, I speak facts. And I remember these dates because these was my dates. O.J. Simpson beat the, uh, beat the joint and they just denied the, the crack law riot. And then to make it even worse, on October 16th, 1984, Farrakhan called all black men, a million black men to Washington, D.C. So O.J. beat the trial in, in October 94. You know what I mean? And then uh, where, 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 October, September for the trolls, whatever. But it was right around there in October, same time period. OJ beat the trial. And then Farrakhan had the Million Man March on Washington, D.C., October 16th. And this was October 27th when they was beating me up because they mad that, you know, OJ beat the trial. You know, they mad that Farrakhan took over the, you know, the Capitol, you know. And then here we go in there fighting. Now, I'm going to give you another one, right? See, I'm riding. Y'all getting a good one now. This is 33 minutes. Y'all getting a good one. Now, I'm going to give you another one, right? No disrespect to the Muslim. Big, big round of applause to the Muslim. You know what I mean? And, and, and this the month of Ramadan. Yo, you know what I mean? So all the brothers fasting, but it's no disrespect. I'm just giving the youth the, the, the wisdom so brothers know that this is not to glorify nothing, not to disrespect anybody, just tell them the true facts of what I've been through so they know that this is what's waiting for them if they keep doing what they're doing. But now, we had a big, tall Muslim, about seven feet. You know what I mean? He was huge, you know? They beat this man so bad. They beat this man so bad. You know what I mean? You know? say that for part two about how they how they treat the Muslim. I'm going to say that to part two, you know. Uh, but anyway, so now they take me up there and they give me the medical attention and that's how Brown Bay wound up saving my life. So that's my story with my man Brown Bay out of D.C. Good brother, man. Good brother. And you know what they did to Brown Bay for doing that? 
Brown Bay was locked in his on the second floor. Cause like I told you, the second floor in our block was all DC dudes. The first floor was the reception. I just came out the hole for six nines behind a clock. You know those clocks they got in the school building? The big round clocks. You know what I mean? I had, well, I allegedly had six knives behind that joint. You know what I mean? If you want to know what went on with that, put in the comments. I'll tell you about the six knives in the joint. I ain't been there a year yet. I, you know what I mean? They're accusing me of having six knives behind a goddoggone clock. And I, excuse me, I'll tell y'all how they even found the knives behind the clock. And that's a crazy, funny story. I've been through some crap in the 26 years, man. I can laugh about it now because, man, home to Allah, I made it this the month of Ramadan. Allah's been blessing me, and he's going to continue to bless me and continue to bless anybody that make that fast this month. So please be, you know, successful with your fast. But anyway, so let, let me tap out anyway. When I've been on here already, I've been on here 35 minutes already, you know, and, you know, I just wanted to ride the way I wanted to ride to give you all one. You know what I mean? I'm going to put this up first before the booby boys join. If, uh... Uh, 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 they they monetize and do what they need to do. But anyway, that's how Brown Bay saved my life, man. You know what I mean? So, you know, let me tap out, give you all my outro, check out me and my homie pictures. They had me with Life Plus 20 said I should never go home. You understand what I'm saying? And that I would never go home, you know, but I'm out here and I'm giving you all these stories on YouTube. Can't get it no better than that. Cash app on the screen. I don't care what it is. My Instagram on the screen. Make sure you subscribe. Something you don't like in the video, cuss me out in the DM, but keep it positive so that the people could get the jewels and speak on the jewels in my regular comments. That's the only reason why I say bring the negative comments directly to me over at my Instagram. And we respect that. You know what I mean? Alright. Cheers. With was stupid, talking about a man that probably put your grandfather on. Probably the reason that him and your grams got along. A man that generated minutes on the block, did his time, never squilling to the cops, make the audio. Like two G's in the night. Drop top beam so shiny. 
I let shorty go, she was wine. Treat her like my past, she behind. Spin a couple bands on the dapper game. You eat back again, eating green like a Packers fan. No cap, it's a roaring uptown. They be horn uptown, Dominican bust down. Now we on the positive, you we got a lot to give. Now you trying to stop the kids from being inoperative. So take heed, homie, lend it air. He started in uptown, he gon' finish dead. But now it ain't about selling drugs, buying cars, it's about buying property to make the community all. So we can get back to the youth, them. Cause they the truth, them. And bless up the 